paramedics indicted in, two, in the 2019 death of the young black man who died after being put in a chokehold while walking home from a convenience store. Marcus Moore has the latest. Good morning, Marcus. Michael, good morning. These indictments come two years after Elijah McClain, who was unarmed, died following an altercation with police. And there had been loud calls for justice. And now comes this development. This grainy body camera video captures portions of Elijah McClain's last moments alive. Police confronted the 23-year-old as he walked home alone from a grocery store two years ago. McClain died after a struggle with the officers. Now this morning, three policemen and two paramedics face criminal charges for the young man's death. Our goal is to seek justice for Elijah McClain, for his family and friends, and for our state. I've been praying for all of it. Um, it's what I wanted. My son fought for his life and dead for his life. The Colorado grand jury indictment detailing the 32 total counts levied against the officers and first responders, including manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. On August 24, 2019, three Aurora police officers responded to a 911 call about a masked man acting suspiciously. Hey, stop right there. Stop. 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 I have a right to stop you because you're being suspicious. McLean's family later explained that he suffered from a blood condition that often made him feel cold. Stop tensing up. No, let go of me. No, I am an introvert. Please respect the boundaries that I am speaking. Officers tackling McLean, then putting him in a carotid chokehold, which restricts blood flow to the brain. McLean pleading with him that he is nonviolent. At one point, even crying out three words that have become rallying cries against police brutality. The officers later claiming that the 23-year-old had reached for one of their guns. And prosecutors say this was a critical moment. Paramedics arriving at the scene and injecting McLean with what prosecutors say was a lethal amount of the powerful anesthetic ketamine. The Aurora Police Association defending the officers, saying in a statement to ABC News, there is no evidence that APD officers caused his death. The hysterical overreaction to this case has severely damaged the police department. The police department needs to be disbanded and rebuilt from the ground up. McLean's death gained national attention during the months of protests following the police killing of George Floyd. Since then, Colorado has banned the use of chokeholds and bars paramedics from using ketamine to subdue suspects. Now McLean's family wants their son to be remembered as a gentle young man who had a bright future. He was a giver, giver of love, giver of whatever he can to make you feel better, even if he's not feeling good. Family members also said that, that Elijah used to play the violin at the animal shelter, hoping they would not feel lonely. That's the kind of guy he was. And as we mentioned before, uh, guys, there were calls, very loud calls for justice, and the family believes that these indictments are indeed a step to that end. Guys. What a story that yeah, is. Tragic. Hey, we want to welcome everybody. We want to welcome everyone to you and the Law Podcast Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, we just listened to a uh, a recording uh, from ABC News in reference to uh, the Elijah McLean uh, death that took place in 2019. And uh, you, you know, Keith, I tell you, man, it to listen to I've listened to this video over and over again, but to listen to it 
and to talk about it, it just it there is it, so many things took place, so many things, so many wrong things took place uh, with the police officers and this and uh, and Elijah uh, on that on that night, and you know Keith for you know I you know being in in, uh, in a, as a police chief administrator. You got to do things that your city attorneys tell you not to do or not to say. But at, at some point, Keith, you know, you just got to do the right thing. And because I just, me personally, Keith, I could not live with myself to say that these officers didn't do anything wrong that contributed to this young man's death. Um, and, and, and to live with yourself knowing that. You you have to have known that these officers and paramedics played a significant role in this young man's death. Well, I will tell you, Virgil, I think what happens is that people believe that I didn't pull the trigger and that's uh, so I didn't contribute. Uh, I think the entire stop from the beginning was, was questionable. And I think that the actions of all those individuals involved are are questionable. Uh, and 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 um, you know, I just it, it, it's perplexing to me to to understand why um, nobody sees that. I mean, why, yeah. you know, why 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 did you even approach the young man in the first place? I mean, I guess that's one of the things that you have to understand. That, that, that I want to understand. Yeah. Well, and Keith, and you know, initially they said that someone called nine one one, saying that he was walking down the street and he looked at suspicious. Um, and even the officer says in the on the body cam footage that he was suspicious. We stopped you because you looked suspicious. I mean, so once again, how many times uh, does a young black male or a young black female walking down the street, why do you have to look suspicious? And I think that's why so many people have been in such a an, an outrage because we got officers who know how to use certain language. And that certain language is going to be able to articulate what they do. And this is the reason that they did it. I mean, there's just no, no way around it. I mean, guys know how to say certain words and they'll say, well, I said this here. Well, yeah, you did. You're right. And so, but here's a young man who was, went to the store to get his brother some iced tea and he's walking back home. But days later, he dies from, an apparent heart attack contributed by this here uh, encounter with these officers. But, Keith, one of the things that's really disturbing is the fact that they called the paramedics to inject him with this, if I'm pronouncing it right, ketamine? I, I mean, think that's correct. Yeah. So when when I have never in – over 25 years in law enforcement ever heard of paramedics being called to inject a citizen 
with ketamine and that this ketamine, you don't know what you're putting into somebody's body. And, and Keith, we're probably going to have some people listening to the show is going to say, well, this is why I don't want to take the vaccine because I don't know what's in the vaccine. So how do you know what's in this ketamine? I mean, that was very disturbing to know that these guys, they specifically called the paramedics for them to inject him with this here uh, ketamine. Well, I, I will tell you, man, I, I, I just don't get it. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand how you do that. And I guess I'm just trying to understand the, the reason for injecting this young man with something. And, and, uh, uh, first time I ever heard of that was, um, in this case. And I still, well, I'm me still too. trying to figure out what was he doing that was so suspicious walking home from purchasing a drink for his, for his brother. I mean, what was that? What was so yeah. suspicious about that? Yeah. I, I mean, again, you just got these, you know, in a, and I want our listeners to know, Keith, that, you know, this case is going to be tried in front of a, a jury. We're not trying to be the, the, the judge and the jury in this case. We're just talking about circumstances around this case and the fact that this is not the only case that, uh, has similar similarities to other things that have happened. Um, but no, no matter what age you are, Keith, you should not lose your life. He was unarmed. He wasn't, uh, be, you know, they're saying he was being combative. But as you hear him say in the tape, Keith, I'm just different. Mm-hmm. But Keith, man, we're, so we're going to come, we're coming up on our first break, but we're going to take this break and, uh, we're going to come back and we're going to get into the conversation of the, the story behind the, Elijah McLean death in Aurora, Colorado. But you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, Saving's coming at ya, Saving's coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Every day. Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty. Blog Talk. Welcome to UNLR on the Bassa News Radio Network. WCOM in Chapel Hill, and of course, uh, IBM TV, Big Mind Entertainment, that local. Uh, this is the Unit of Law broadcast with uh, Chief Keith Humphrey, Chief Virgil Green. If you have a question, uh, you can hit us up in the chat room. Uh, you can listen to no ask questions at 646 or listen live at our website, thebachelornews.airtime.com. With that, go back to the Chiefs in charge, Chief Keith Humphrey and Chief Virgil Green. Well, hey, Chief, you know, uh, we're talking about the um, 
the recent uh, charges that have came down uh, that involves the uh, officers and paramedics in the uh, Elijah McLean's death that occurred in 2019 in Aurora, Colorado. So recently the grand jury handed down a, a 32-count indictment that involves the three police officers and, I believe, two paramedics. Um, and, you know, Keith, I think this, when this young man's uh, death occurred, not a lot of people really knew about Elijah McClain and, until the incident happened with George Floyd. And then people started talking about Elijah McClain. But the process, the prosecutor in the case, Keith, basically said that there wasn't any evidence due to the fact that the autopsy could not determine the manner of death that he was not filing any charges against the police officer. But so you had multiple investigations behind this here, and it actually took the governor of of Colorado to step in and to order <laughs> order the district attorney to open up a new criminal investigation. You know, I I don't get what the hesitation is um, to do that. It's the right thing to do. Uh, I, I don't get what that hesitation is. I mean, when you, when someone loses their life uh, while in custody of law enforcement, man, that's serious. And even even if it was a, um, I don't like to say justified, but even if if they determined that there was reasonable reason for the the force to be used. Uh, that's still investigated. Those cases still need to go before um, the a grand jury or the prosecuting attorney. It, it's you, we're not in a position these days to say, well, we're not. It looks fine. We're not gonna. We're not gonna look into it. It's closed. It's a closed deal. It was justified. Let's move forward. We're not in that position mm-hmm. anymore. And so, for them to say that, you know, it comes down to I thought of the, the Breonna Taylor situation. Where you had um, the the prosecuting attorney just outright left out information to the grand jury, um, mm-hmm. the situation in in Georgia, uh, the suburb of Georgia, the young man that was I believe it was Georgia, the young man was just walking, running through the neighborhood, and, and he was attacked by uh, two guys, and you know the prosecutor there didn't want to, he tried to tried to hide the case. And, and yeah. then pass it on to another prosecutor and then try to figure out, okay, how can we keep this from going to trial or whatever? I mean, what's, what's up with that, man? Why, you know, why, why do people think that that's right? Well, and, and you know, Keith, and I think this is the thing, uh, people, there's, there's definitely some entitlement and, you know, and it's sad to say that Keith, uh, because we're, we're in law enforcement, and the fact that, for me, Keith, you just have to acknowledge the facts. You can't sugarcoat it. You can't kind of, you know, say, well, but when you look at every single thing, there are some entitlements, and some people will probably will not agree with what I just said, uh, but at the end of the day, when you're talking about when a young man loses his life 
because he was walking home from a store at night in the cold, had on a ski mask, uh, and he has obviously a medical issue that the reason why he's wearing this type of ski mask, but he's not bothering anybody. But you feel that you got to be, you got to make up a reason to justify why you stopped him and to question him. But one of the things that came out in one of these investigations, Keith, is that uh, the Attorney General's office conducted a civil rights investigation into the agency. So one of the things that came out is that they were very critical of this agency because there was no evidence to justify the officer stopping this young man as he walked home. So, again, you've got another law enforcement agency, the highest law enforcement agency in your state, who is very critical and says there's no evidence to support why you are, there's no evidence that justified why you stopped this young man as he was walking home. So, again, you got police officers who feel like, well, hey, you're walking down the street. This is my city street. Again, you've heard that term before, right, Keith? My city street, this is my street, so I got the right to stop you. No, you don't. You know, Virgil, it goes back to uh, the badge having a lot of authority. And, um, you know, when you when you put that authority with egos and, and uh, arrogance, uh, you know that can happen, and, and we're talking about any police officer. We talk about officers, not not all police officers, but we're talking about it. Doesn't matter what that officer looks like. Uh, they, no. they, 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 the badge is heavy. Uh, the, the 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 cockiness is heavy, and and the fact that you do what I say, and nobody will get hurt, or or you do what I say, and and that's it. Period. Point blank. But. When does it become against the law for a young man to walk? It's cold for him to have a a, a mask on. Or, you know, when they sell those things, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, could you get out and talk to him? Say, hey, where are you going? Everything okay? Absolutely. Um, but you know, this is a young man that had some form of 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 uh, some some form of uh, you know mental illness. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's not against the law to be mentally ill or, no. or to have a, a learning disorder or to be, um, you know, handicapped, uh, that's I think not he ca- disabled, I think I'm he sorry, called, or to be disabled. Yeah, disabled. Yeah. He called himself, he called himself a introvert. Yeah, that's not uh, against that's what, the law. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not against the law, and, 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 the, and we got to stop, uh, standing behind this where they look different or, you know, I fear for my safety or, you know, it's, um, well, you know, it's, uh, you look, you look out of place or, you know, you, 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 I just, I, I, you just didn't look right. Something didn't just look right. You know, why not just ask the young man? I don't have a problem with you talking to the young man. Hey man, what's going on? You know, it's pretty good. I'm going, I picked up something for my brother to drink or whatever. I'm on my way back from the store. Yeah. Um, and just going home. Okay, man, you need anything? All right. 
we just sometimes you have those officers that just feel like they have to do something. They have to stay busy. They can't allow people to go on about their business. They feel as though if they do that, and this is what I've heard a lot of times, but what if he just robbed a store or what if he's going to yeah. rob a store? Well, I mean, I mean, how many people do you stop out here that might have that intention that you never know about? So you, exactly. you can't, how many, so you, you, you can't always continue to use that as a, uh, this job isn't hard. This job isn't difficult at all. It's really not that difficult to do the right thing. It's not that but you can make it difficult. common sense. You can make it extremely difficult when you don't want to be flexible and you feel as though you have to win all the time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, Keith, I want to remind our listeners, if you're just now tuning into the show, the the um, chat room is open uh, at blogtalkradio.com backslash L.A. Bachelor. The uh, uh, producer is screening calls if you got a comment if you want to come on air uh, do so or if you want to just uh, send a, a a message in the chat room about the topic that we're talking about the uh the the story of elijah mclean please do so or come on the air and talk to us and let us know what's on your mind uh about this topic um but uh keith it's just you know w- you know there was an incident that happened back in uh, I want to say Irving, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, either last year or year before last that we we talked about on the on the podcast, um, where a young man was walking home from work. There was oh, no Plano, you, Plano. Plano, yeah, Plano, yeah, and uh, walking home in the snow, and uh, that incident went way south real quick just because of the officers aggressive attitude toward this young man. And he clearly told him, I'm fine. I don't need y'all. I don't need you. Leave me alone. But you got these guys, well, no, we just want to check on you make sure. When somebody tells you they're fine, leave them alone, and you can see that they're walking down the street, they're not under the influence, I'm just going to say, well, sir, you have a good night, and hopefully you get home safely. How do you know they're not under influence? How do you know they haven't done anything? What? I'm playing what, devil's what, advocate. I'm just, I'm just what, playing the way so, some, so, some of these officers think. It, it, I yeah, agree with so you, again, but I'm just saying. Yeah. But so, again, you're going to have guys say, well, how do you know that they're not under the influence? Well, okay, you went through all this here training to, de- to give you the ability to determine if this person it shows any signs that they are under the influence of alcohol. So when guys sit there and say, well, uh, I didn't know and I had to do this and I didn't know they, you, and again, Keith, you got guys who say, well, it's a law that you got to show me your ID. So the average citizen will say, I don't, I don't even have my ID on me. So how am I going to show you something that I don't have? Well, I, I had one uh, like this in, in one of my previous departments, and the guy was jogging. And uh, uh, the officer questioned, this man was actually jogging. He had actually left his uh, his house, and his wife was uh, uh, staying with the baby uh, who had been who had been sick and had, you know, been crying all day. And so the mm-hmm. wife decided once she got the baby down for a nap, she was going to take her a sleeping pill and go to sleep. 
he's running and the officer stops him and tells him he's got to get in the back of the car and then starts questioning him about the guys tell him not live around the corner i'm inside jogging why are you out here jogging this time of night uh uh you know uh does your wife know you're out you know um yeah, I just live right around the corner. Well, what's your name? Give him his name. Uh, have you ever had a ticket? And said, man, I can't remember. I may have had one a few years ago. Well, why wouldn't you know the specific date you had a ticket? I mean, I can tell you every ticket I've gotten. Why wouldn't you know when you got a ticket? And it kind of went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And he took that. He took the guy home. So legally, that guy was detained. That guy, that guy yeah. was not free to go. So you know, mm-hmm. you talk about detention or you talk about arrest. That guy was not free to go, and he pulls up in front yeah. of the guy's house and knocks on the, you know, and knocks on the door. The wife is. He's told the officer that the wife's out. Are you? We got to take a break, Bernie. Yeah, yeah, Keith. So, so yeah, okay. let's just, take I'll this break and finish it. Yeah, I'll finish it. We yeah. come back. Okay. Well, hey, we're going to take this break, but you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Dermarest, the psoriasis solution, asks, What's complete freedom? For me, it's an open road with the top down. It's my bare arms getting warmed by the sun. It's my bare arms without a trace of psoriasis. Complete freedom, brought to you by the complete relief of Dermarest psoriasis. Unlike brands which only relieve itching and inflammation, Dermarest psoriasis also removes the embarrassing scales, allowing healthy skin to grow. Healthy skin? That's complete freedom. Dermarest, the psoriasis solution. Welcome back to the Unit Law broadcast on the Best News Radio Network. Uh, uh, of course, you can listen live at bestnews.airtime.pro, uh, or you can listen at six four six nine two nine zero one three zero. Chat room is open as well. We've had a couple questions come in. Um, actually, one comment: Steve in Texas said, um, "With these repeat offenders, in terms of uh, uh, law enforcement agencies like Aurora." What does people expect? Um, he put in parentheses, uh, the two of you included, what do you expect? Um, uh, I got a, uh email from someone who's disabled that says that disabled Americans um, are at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to equal rights, justice, and uh, their dealings with police. Back to you. Well, Hey Keith, we definitely want to thank Steve in Texas for listening, and for the other caller, for the other listener who sent an email about people with disabilities. Uh, but Keith, you you were uh, before the break, you had uh, was talking about a situation well, that happened. Y- yeah, yeah, and and for over an hour, he's got this man in his car, and, and for of that hour, about twenty minutes, he's sitting out in front of this man's house berating this man because this man doesn't have his ID uh, because this man, he knocks on the door. The wife doesn't come to the door and he starts berating the man's wife. Basically what type of mother is she uh, taking a sleeping pill and got a young baby and, you know, and you're out here doing, you know, God knows what. And finally, after an hour, 
the man wants a supervisor, supervisor comes over there, and it was just, it was bad. And and so, you know, my thing is that when when do you, you know, is it not all right for a person to jog? Uh, is it not all right for a person to, and, and I get it, I, I get it, uh, you know, suspicious activity, but what's suspicious? I think sometimes it's yeah. very subjective. Um, I think I think it's subjective. I think sometimes we use that um, as a crutch, uh, you know. But but, but I think but, you but have Keith, to and it's also too broad. Time. It's very broad, Virgil, and, and I will tell you that I, I, I've arrested uh, suspicious people before. Uh, you know, coming out of a dark alley, uh, two o'clock in the morning. You know, with, with dark clothing on and, and uh, shining a flashlight. I think people understand that. Uh, mm-hmm. rest of oh, yeah. people just walking down the street. You know, you get somebody had a lot of rash of vehicle burglaries, and you get a get a person, uh, you know, hoodie on, uh, carrying a black bag or carrying a, a car radio. I think you have a you have a right to stop and talk to that person and and determine what's going on. But but you know, the, we got to use common sense sometimes. You just don't have a reason to stop somebody and um you know to answer we'll, i want to answer steve's question uh but to answer the gentleman that uh that, that talked about disabilities he's absolutely right we've got to do a better job of being able to relate or recognizing uh, individuals that have disabilities um and um you know having resources in place uh and and getting to be uh, better partners uh, with our community that suffer from some type of disability, I can't. I can't argue with that. I won't try to argue with that or justify our actions in that. But we we do have to do a better job of that. And and serve for that as as a police chief, I want to apologize enforcement as a whole. Now I think we've come up we've come further than we are because there are some resources out there that help us to. Uh, address the needs of our 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 community that that may that are disabled, but we can do a better job. Uh, uh, we really can do a better job. Well, and you know, Keith, and 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 I'm gonna say this. I, you know, you always you want to be positive, and you want to try to find just a slight light of of hope or positive to say about a situation. This situation right here, Keith, when you, you know, we're talking about people with with uh, disabilities. You know, clearly when you talk to this, you're talking to this young man, it doesn't, it shouldn't have taken them that long to understand that he, he's a little different. Uh, and when somebody tells you that they're an introvert, this young man was quiet, uh, he's, says, hey, I'm an introvert, automatically, Keith, with me, I'm going to sit there and kind of like, okay, so... Well, you can't can make you, a person talk to you, Virgil. You, you, again, you can't make a... And that's just the simple <laughs> fact. You can't make people talk to you, but these officers wanted to physically force this young man to talk to them, to tell them where he was going, why he was looking suspicious. But, Keith, I'm going to go back to... When you look at this young man's picture, and I, you know, our listeners encourage you to uh, just Google Elijah McClain and look at this young man's picture. His his picture is on our uh, You and the Law uh, Facebook page. Uh, just look at this young man and 
there is nothing about him that you would feel like he is a threat. Mm-hmm. And when you hear this young man pleading that he can't breathe, Keith, that, right. you know, he's sobbing, he's crying. And when you look mm-hmm. at his picture, I'm, I'm going back to reflecting on when former President Obama uh, said about Trayvon uh, Martin. Martin. Hey, he could he he could have been my son. Well, this this Elijah McClain could have been easily one your son or my son walking down the street. He's a hundred and forty pounds, Keith. And I just found where it was they used six point five kilograms of this. What is it? Mm-hmm. Keatman in his body. Here, I, yeah, yeah. This ain't the K drug. Yeah, the K drug or the the, the K shot. Now, which Keith? This was one and a one and a half times the dose for his weight. So even the paramedics, and I think that's why the paramedics have have been charged in this here because. They should have known that this is not something that they should have used. They should have told the officers, no, we're not going to administer this to this young man. But then the fire department in Aurora, Colorado, they are allowed to use this drug to sedate, combative, or aggressive people. So just think about that, our listeners. The fire department has the the ability, the authority to use this drug to sedate a combative or aggressive person. Well, an officer can articulate and say, well, hey, you're being combative or you're being aggressive, so we're just going to call the fire department out and they're going to shoot you up with some, with, with the K, with the K, with the K shot, so we ain't really got to deal with you. I mean, Keith, I mean, when do you have the authority to just take control of another person's body. And so they ended up shooting. So they used this. They overdosed him with this stuff. He is in a coma for the next six days, and they Mm -hmm. take him off of life support. So, again, Keith, they're just – and I think, you know, this case happened in 2019, but they just so why did it take again? You got so many people who ask me why did it take them two years to finally get an indictment? But well, you know what, Virgil, I, in, I, you know I think every state is different. I think every state is different, and, and I don't oh, want yeah. to jump to conclusions that they stalled on it. I, I want to give the benefit of the doubt that it was the, the investigation took this long, which that is, that's not a, that doesn't make a family feel any better uh, because the family's still trying to understand, you know, what happened in the community. What, what I will tell you is that, you know, one of the things that, that I want to clarify to the listeners, we're not saying that someone who weighs 140 pounds can't be combative and can't, hurt you uh we're not saying that at all uh but what we are saying is uh you just can't walk up to people because they look a certain way and 
and, 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 and have an encounter with them. The law is very, very clear. When you don't have reasonable suspicion or probable cause to stop someone, a person does not have to identify themselves. Uh, if you can say all day, hey, my name is, is Keith and my name is Virgil, what's yours? And if that person says, I don't want to give you my name, that person didn't do anything wrong. You know, my, my exactly. thing is, I, I'm, I don't, I don't know all the, I don't, I don't know every fact of it, but from what I gather, this young man was just walking home. Okay, he's got a mask on. Well, it's cold outside. Uh, is that uncommon for someone to wear one of those ski masks? Is that, is that uncommon? You know, we, we faced the same questions when the, when the pandemic started and, and you were going to have individuals with a mask on. Uh, does that mean that because someone has a mask and you can only see their eyes, does that mean that they are going to, um, you know, do do some damage or, you know, uh, uh, commit a crime? Uh, no, it doesn't mean it. I think we've got to we've got to find out, uh, determine what's that line. You know, where where's that line drawn? Um, yeah. You know what? When do we when do we understand that we can't just take a person's freedom or we can't just detain somebody uh when do we understand that you know i'm trying not to armchair quarterback but what when he when this young man is telling you he's an introvert and you're saying you're doing a welfare check uh what would have been wrong with contacting his relatives say hey we've got uh you know we've got your son we got elijah yeah yeah we got elijah out here and um you know What's going on with him? We were kind of concerned. He's he's, he's out here in the cold. Uh, is he okay? I think you could have done that. Uh, try not to second guess those officers. But but I, I I just I just think that you know you're hearing more and more of this story. The situation in Plano. I get it. You got a young man walking uh, in his ice, and he's walking in shorts and a t-shirt. I get it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with doing a welfare check, but when somebody tells you I'm okay, I'm just walking home. I think there has been pressure throughout the history of this profession from supervisors and from chiefs of police uh, to to basically we have scared these officers to thinking if I don't make contact with a person, if I don't detain a person. If I don't find out more about this individual and I find out later on that this person was involved in a crime, then I'm in trouble. So we we, we have caused a lot of fear uh, in this organization. Um, you know, it, you know well, we he, have caused, he, yeah, we've caused a lot know, of fear. Keith, yeah, yeah. Well, Keith, and I'm going to say this. I, you know, I think, you know, when officers, if they have that, mentality of that attitude i mean you're right but at the same time you got to use some common sense and and you know at the end of the day you know you're a man just like this other person that you're dealing with and when another man tells you hey i'm i'm cool i'm straight i'm all right you need to just go ahead and leave me alone but be a man and just walk away and leave him alone uh, again you know i think some guys they they carry things too far and as we've seen, Keith, people end up dying and families are dealing with everything that they've got to deal with because of 
this action of a police officer. But Keith, we're coming up, uh, and we're going to take this break, but when we come back, we're going to get back into the conversation of the story behind Elijah McClain, who uh, died in t- 2019 in Aurora, Colorado. But you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh! Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. If you're an African-American man, you need to know about oral cancer. Oral cancer is more common in African-American men than in any other group in the U.S. If you have a sore or lump in your mouth that doesn't go away after two weeks, see a doctor or a dentist. Most often, these symptoms don't mean cancer, but it's important to get them checked. If you do have oral cancer, it can be treated more successfully if it's caught early. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. Welcome back to the UNLR broadcast on the Bachelor News Radio Network. You listen live at thebachelornews.airtime.pro, thebachelornews.airtime.pro, and of course, uh, dial in before they end at 646 929 Get in touch with Chief Keith Humphrey, Chief Virgil Green. Back to you guys. Hey, Keith. Uh, you know, we had two comments earlier from our listeners, and one of the comments, or probably a question, was about uh, this whole situation that took place in Aurora, Colorado, and the fact that, you know, it's, it's just not Aurora, but many other, other cities that, these things have, have happened to uh, or have occurred. Real, but, real quick, Virgil. Um, I think what they meant, <clears throat> excuse me, that Aurora's had an issue in the past. So these repeat yeah. offenders, they're saying people should not be, including you guys, yes, that's what they put in parentheses, should not be surprised. Yeah, and that's what I was. Yeah, and I was going to get to that point that you know this agency is is this isn't the first time that they've had um, they've been in the the negative spotlight in their community, and the fact that you've got uh, you know individuals who uh, don't want to come out and and publicly just if it's you know Keith I have to say this if it's wrong it's wrong I mean I just could I don't see how you as a police chief yeah you you've got to you've got an agency that you're leading uh you've got a lot of people who don't want you to say certain things you've got people who do want you to say certain things but when you've had an agency who has had a pattern of racial profiling in the community, especially in the black community, and these things continue to happen, and the people who live in this city don't see any changes, you, you just can't keep sugarcoating it and trying to put a Band-Aid on it and say, yeah, we're in the community, we're doing this, but the people who live in that community, 
they don't see that. And, and by all accounts, when outside agencies that looked at this agency, they have seen a clear pattern of racial profiling, uh, police officers' uh, excess use of force. So, again, these agencies really need to clean up their act uh, and, and because it's the community that they're suffering. Well, let me let me say this, Virgil. Um, one of the things I want to I want to share to the share with the listeners is that the the policies, the the, the roadmap, the foundation, and the roadmap are there. Uh, as far as every department has policies, um, I, I'm I'm going to say sometimes. Well, I'm going to I'm going to ask a question, Virgil. Is it is it always the department? Is it always the policies, or can it sometimes be that individual? And then, if and then if it comes back to it's that individual, then it comes back to well, when did they know? When did they see a um, a pattern? And then when you find out there was a pattern, then how did that pattern go unnoticed, or how did it go un, un uh, untouched? Those, those are the questions. It doesn't necessarily mean the policies aren't there. It means the fact that somewhere that 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 officer got comfortable forming their duties. It's, it's like it's like it's like Chauvin. Chauvin had a history. Why was Chauvin still there? Uh, mm-hmm. Did somebody turn a blind eye? Did you know? Because you heard all these stories during his trial that this is not new. This didn't surprise us. Well, that's a problem in itself right there. Uh, it, it, it's too late when something like this occurs and then, and then officers or the department wants to get on the stand and they want to say, well, yeah, this person had that reputation or, yeah, this person in training, this person, we were notified of this. It's too late then. And so is it always the department as a whole? Uh, and, and, I, and I get it to the citizens, the department, Everybody on the department represents the department. Uh, the chief is held accountable for the actions of his of his of his officers, and he should. And so, I just want to make sure that uh, citizens know that you can't always blame it. The listeners know it's not always the department. It's not always the policies. It's sometimes that you just have those individuals that have those character flaws. But then it goes back to when did you know it? Because, like I said, it's too late after 18 allegations. It's too late after someone's life or someone's been injured or another officer has been injured at the uh, uh, based on the, the, the poor actions of an of, of officer. It's too late. So this type of behavior is not new. When, when, when did these paramedics do this? This is not the first time, like you said, it happened. So why did they continue to do that? Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it is, why did they continue to do that? Why would they continue to practice in that manner? Why were the officers yeah. allowed to? So that that's that's the bigger question. What what made them feel comfortable doing that? Yeah, well, Keith, and you know, another thing that just came down in the in the past week that the that I want our listeners to know is that the Colorado uh, Attorney General Office is forcing the Aurora. Uh, police uh, department to uh, 
to put in reforms uh, because under their investigation, they saw a pattern of racial bias and excessive force. And so, you know, if, if I'm the police chief of this agency and you've been there for years, how is it that you don't know that these things are going on in your agency? And then all of a sudden, Keith, when it gets to, when it leads to the death of a 23 year old, and now you've got top law enforcement agency in your state is forcing you to make uh, changes within your police department. And also he is seeking a consent decree uh, with the department to outline steps uh, to, to fix these problems. And so, you know, again, at some point you got, there is some complacency that has happened to where, I can't say anything about it. If I say anything about it, I got the union guys against me. If I say anything about it, I got the council people against me. If I say anything about it, I may lose my job. But at the end of the day, it, it, you know, you've got to do what's right. And I think when you, if you go home, if you any kind of a man, any kind of a man, Keith, if you go home and you are watching the news in your city and you're, you see this video, this 23-year-old, who is pleading for his life, who is telling the officer that he cannot breathe. And that's that's the thing is that's the it, thing right there. It's just man, it it is frustrating. Yeah. Because you know what? Because you know what, Virgil, after thirty three years, I can actually say when I was a young officer, I've heard people not necessarily say they could breathe, but they had to use the restroom or the cuffs were too tight. And I've heard officers say, Man, you just want to you just you're just trying to stall. Uh, we don't take, and it, that's where it comes down to this humanity mm-hmm. thing. It comes down to the point of everybody's not lying. I get it. I get there are people that that, that play the game and they want oh, to prolong yeah. their yeah. trip to jail, and they don't. You know, I, I get that. I mean, we 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 yeah. you know we we we've seen that. I mean, there's been there's been officers killed, you know, by by this kind of behavior. I get it. I I, I totally get it. But but there's ways to handle that. But it's it's like we said before. You you have to you have to put a human a human side to it, and it comes down to you know people want to say well the chief this the chief that there are just some things the chief chief doesn't doesn't know. Um, you try to you, you you put your trust and your faith in your supervisors that they will address these things appropriately. Um, I will say that we have a good early intervention process here um, and where somebody where it comes up I am notified that there is someone that's received uh, these alert based alerts based on certain behavior not always negative behavior but there's there are there's thresholds so so but 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 I but I'm saying this person saying I can't breathe uh, this person's walking down the street uh, you've detained this individual. This individual, if he's an introvert, or just say, what if this person has a form of autism, or, or, or uh, you know, or something like that, uh, and they don't like to be touched, or they, or they, uh, they feel uh, intimidated when when there's crowds. I mean, everybody's different, and so what I'm saying is, we got to learn how to deal with that in law enforcement. 
we've got to learn that we can't control every situation or we can't control everyone. And that's okay to not, to not be able to do that. It's okay. It's okay to let people walk. It's okay to let people go. It's okay. That's okay if everybody doesn't speak to us when we speak to them. That's okay. We've got to start thinking that, that because we wear a badge, we're always right or we're in control. Yeah. Well, hey, Keith, I want to get to this comment before I get to the other listeners' comment about the uh, with, uh, people with disabilities. But we've got somebody who's listening to the show. We definitely thank you for listening to, to, to you and the law. But he says that uh, suspicious characters should be stopped for the protection of society. Uh, and then he goes on to say that you guys never talk about officer-involved shootings, wounded or killed by perps. Um, now, to the listener, you That's don't have to believe true. me. That's not, not true. true. But to 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 this listener, if you don't you don't believe you don't have to believe me. But I just want you to. It sounds you're an intelligent person. Google and. Ask yourself the question, is there a law that says you have to identify yourself to the police? There is no U.S. federal law requiring that an individual has to identify them or themselves to the police during a Terry stop. No law. There is not even a municipality doesn't have a law that says, the officer has the authority to stop. You can stop a person, but that person is not required by federal law to identify themselves to a police officer. So and if you that's stop, not something and if you that we stop make. Them, and if you stop them for reasonable suspicion or for probable cause, they do identify themselves. It has to be, uh, they have to be truthful about who they are. But they don't have to tell you anything. You can't make the person talk to you. The person doesn't have to tell you. Yeah, they should, but they don't have to talk to you. And once a person says, I'm not going to talk to you, um, um, then, okay, then you move on and determine what other methods you can you can take. But but this thing about I'm, you will talk to me and this, that, and other, man, that is a that is a that's dangerous. Yeah, I do believe suspicious activity. But let me ask you this: What is suspicious? Yeah. What, what's, what's I, again, suspicious? What's suspicious? Is, that's I'm, walking, I'm doing. I'm doing my walk. I'm doing my walk at two or three o'clock in the morning, listening to my radio. Uh, is that suspicious? Uh, is, well, is pulling up on car doors or looking in cars at two or three o'clock in the morning is that suspicious? Absolutely. But yeah, me just absolutely, walking down yeah. the street. Me just walking down the street. Uh, two o'clock in the morning is, is, does that mean that's suspicious? I mean, you can speak to me and let me know you're there, but that doesn't mean I'm doing anything wrong. Yeah. Well, well Keith, and this whole thing with Elijah McClain, it all initiated from a person that these officers don't know who called 911 and said, Hey, there's this suspicious man walking down the street and he's got on a, a mask. Okay. Well, there again, you've had so many people who have just called into the police with false information, and that false information has led to the death of, of individuals. 
So just like with this situation, this person said, oh, he was he was uh, looked suspicious. Then the officer said, well, you are uh, suspicious. You're walking down the street and whatever. And it led to the death of a 23 year old. So I want to add, you know, the person who just made this comment about, you know, uh, yeah, officers, you know, need to be able to do that. This young man did not deserve to die. He did not deserve to die. All he was doing was walking. He walked to the store. He should have had that same freedom to walk back home without fearing to have anything happen to him. And I oftentimes, and Keith, we're coming up on the last few minutes of the show, but oftentimes, Keith, people have the attitude and they'll say exactly what this person is saying, but let this same thing happen to one of their family members is is the total opposite. So, well, well, Virgil, let me, Virgil, let me say, let me say this: we we do talk about uh, we do talk about officers have been injured. We talk about their families. As a matter of fact, we talked last week about uh, the number of officers that have died uh, from COVID complications of COVID, and basically we talked about that it's outnumbered the number of officers who've been shot and killed. We always honor. Um, our, our people, but I'm, I'm saying I'm always honor people, officers who've been killed in line of duty. Matter of fact, one of the one of the one a Houston officer was killed yesterday uh, by yeah. by a violent suspect who who had been arrested 18 times. Uh, that that's a problem. When they went out, that is that they went out there. That man put his life on the line. 31 year veteran, wife recently retired from the department. He was killed by someone who didn't value life. So, so we we do talk about those things. We are talking about police officers who don't who who believe that they have to address every issue they see. They have to stop everybody. We're not talking about the actual suspicious activity. It's not suspicious that that young man wasn't doing it. But that young man basically was contacted because somebody whomever. Said he looks suspicious. That that yeah. that's what it is. It's it's not against the law to dress a certain way. And so it's not against the law. Yeah. It's just so let me ask you this it's frustrating that we have to have this conversation. Yeah. So he was not suspicious when he walked to the store, but he was suspicious as he walked back home. That doesn't make any sense. So you know it, this this whole thing, you know. It's good to see that the criminal justice system is, is, is going to hold these individuals accountable under this 32-count indictment, uh, and hopefully hey, the hey, family Virgil, will... Hey, Virgil, let me just say this, and they and they may be found not guilty. So, well, so nobody's, you're, you're absolutely being right. judged, nobody's being judged. We're just saying basically no. what I have, they came back with an indictment. They still have to go to exactly. trial. They haven't been exactly. found guilty of yeah. anything. Yeah, exactly. And we never say well, they hey, were. Keith, we never say they did. Exactly. Well, hey, man, it, it's been a great show. Uh, and, you know, I want to let our listeners know that if you want to know more about uh, Chief Swag and You and the Law podcast show, go to our Facebook page at You and the Law One on Facebook. Like us, follow us. But uh, and make sure you tune in next Tuesday for another great uh episode of you and the law but you listening to you and the law on the bachelor news radio network